Hello, Pick Up Your Bible listeners. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Cynthia Pavamani. Here, another lonely week without our wonderful producer, DeCruz. Uh, DeCruz, you get one more week, then it's back to work. <laughs> we miss you here for sure. Last week was a busy, busy week for me. We were moving and though I've done a lot of this throughout my life, I tell you, it doesn't get easier. You know, there's there's just the move and all the work that comes with that, like finding new spots for every single thing you own, from the smallest paper clip to your bed. You have to find a new spot for everything. And then there's the bigger challenges like new neighborhood, new neighbors, new town, new grocery store, new gym. It's a season of feeling like um, you're not where you belong and that's tough. It's tough for the littles and for the introverted half of the bigs, aka me. So prayers are appreciated. Um, But I'm thankful for our home. Designing and decorating spaces is something I love to do. Um, So enjoying that part of the process. Hope each one of you are having a wonderful summer and are enjoying this particular season of uh, Pick Up Your Bible as we attempt to answer some wonderful questions that our listeners have sent our way. Today we are trying to respond to a few different questions I received on this same topic of fasting. Uh, Some great questions that not enough of us Um, believers ask. So thank you listeners for sending me these questions. The first question is, what exactly is biblical fasting? Biblical fasting is refraining from food and drink, in some cases completely, or at least to some degree for a determined period of time with the intention of seeking God for spiritual fulfillment without the distraction of physical satisfaction. In some cases, fasting is done by refraining from sexual activity, as we read in 1 Corinthians 7 verse 5. These days, we also hear of people fasting from technology, watching TV or playing sports um, or watching sports on TV. These are not in the Bible for obvious reasons. Tech, TV, and the such are not uh, biblical time realities. But it seems to me that the principle of biblical fasting is still valid, even in this kind of uh, fasting, because it involves the rejection of fleshly appeasing with the intention of spiritual receiving from God. However, this is my personal opinion, so you should study the word and make those kind of conclusions for yourself. That being said, we can agree comfortably on the biblical examples of abstaining from food, drink, and sex during fasting and prayer. In the Old Testament, uh, we read of how Moses fasted, abstaining from food and water for 40 days and 40 nights while he spent time with the Lord and received the Ten Commandments. Um, The army of Israel fasted and sought the Lord during time of war to seek out wisdom and guidance. The famous Queen Esther, who saved her whole race from extinction at the hands of the Persian Empire, uh, did so by galvanizing the Jewish people to fast along with her and seek the Lord in prayer before she confronted Xerxes. 
David fasted and prayed for his sick child in repentance for his sin with Bathsheba. Daniel fasted for wisdom and understanding concerning the visions he saw. Coming into the New Testament, we read of Jesus being led into the desert uh, by the Spirit in order to be tempted, but he was first ministered to by the angels as he fasted and prayed and abstained from food and water for 40 days and 40 nights. The early church leaders fasted before sending Paul and Barnabas as missionaries out into various places. So there are countless other examples as well of believers fasting and praying throughout the Bible. The reason I point this out is to um, is to make the point that fasting and praying is clearly a well-accepted and practiced biblical pattern of praying. And why this is important to know is because God makes it a point to include this in, in the scriptures to make it clear that throughout history, mighty men and women of God sought him out and spent time with him through fasting and prayer, and he responded to them. Um, next question, is fasting a necessary practice in a believer's life? I would say yes. Yes, not because it is essential to salvation, um, but I say fasting is necessary because it is beneficial to the believer to practice fasting and prayer. Other than the countless examples of the many in the Bible, I, uh, I especially feel that if Jesus needed to fast and pray before he started his earthly ministry and this equipped him to confront the devil's temptation, how much more do we need to be doing so for every kingdom glorifying act we are trying to accomplish? In addition to this, in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6, Jesus speaking to the people instructs them about fasting. He says, When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Notice Jesus doesn't say, if you fast, rather, when you fast. As if it's to be understood that fasting and prayer is an acceptable and expected practice of spending time with God. As we referred to earlier, he spent time with his father like this too. So though he is not explicitly commanding the believer to fast in this text, he does promise that the father rewards such a prayerful approach on behalf of the believer. And this reward may not always be a positive response to the specific prayer. As we see in the case of David, as he prayed for his sick child, um, his child ended up dying. But it says that when he heard the news that his son died, he uh, got up, he washed himself, and he sat down to eat. It was like he was strengthened for what was coming through his fasting. 
so fasting is always a time of sweet communion with God and strengthening of our faith when it's done earnestly, biblically, and faithfully. Now, I will not pretend to understand all the reasons why fasting is beneficial to a believer's prayer life, but I am content with following our great exemplar and his actions and promises. Next question, how do I know when to fast and pray as opposed to just pray? Now, there's, there is a practice of communal fasting. As we see in the early church, the leaders, uh, they all together fasted and prayed before they sent Paul and Barnabas out into the mission field. Uh, we also spoke of Esther, um, along with all the other Jews. They uh, fasted and prayed together uh, for the salvation of the Jews from extinction by the Persian Empire. So joining your cell group or Bible study group or church or even the bigger Christian community that have decided to go through a season of seeking God with an increased intensity through fasting is a beautiful way and opportune time to participate in fasting. However, I am hesitant to specify types of prayer that warrant fasting because it may lead to a defective understanding of the purpose of fasting. We may tend to attach fasting to matters of greater importance in hopes for a predetermined response affected through such fasting. I don't believe that scripture in any way implies that attaching fasting to prayer puts specific prayers in a more urgent or important category, which then forces God into some kind of response. And if we believe it to do so, we may be terribly disappointed. Fasting in one's personal prayer is truly a matter between that person and the Holy Spirit. I will, however, point you to the fact that we do not fast for forgiveness or for salvation. Christian fasting always rests on the truth of the finished work of the cross. We no longer fast for what has already been accomplished through the sacrifice and death of Jesus. Christian fasting is only a means to spend more focused time with God. We replace the time and effort it takes to tend to our physical needs in order to be satisfied in the spirit in communion with God. Like I said before, what we do not know is how God chooses to reward each person's approach in fasting. To some, it may come as a breakthrough in an otherwise hopeless situation. To others, it may be the increasing of strength to face the direst circumstance. And to others, it may be a season of restoration and healing and, a, and an increased closeness with God. We don't know the kind of response from God, just that a response is promised. Plus, any uninterrupted time spent in the presence of God, I believe, will prove itself more than rewarding. The last question, do I have to give up food to fast or could it be other things? This question cracks me up simply because it's the kind of question I would ask. Um, as I explained before, I personally don't believe that abstaining from food is the only kind of fasting acceptable to God. 
However, I will also say that abstaining from food is the only kind of fasting and prayer that I've ever done. Simply because food is one of those areas in my life that is most time and thought consuming. So it's beneficial to me to have all that time and mind space to spend with Jesus instead. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. I hope it's been beneficial to you and answered your concerns regarding fasting and praying. Next week, we answer the question from a listener on what the Bible says about being unequally yoked. If you have any questions to add to the summer Q&A sessions, please email me at Cynthia at PickUpYourBible.com. Until then, read your Bibles, y'all. Bye.